Good day. You are listening to Free City Radio. This is the 119th edition. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph. On the program today, I'm going to be sharing an interview with Jeff Conat, who is Friends of the Earth's International Forests Program Director. Jeff speaks about a recent report supported by Friends of the Earth and also the Network for Social Justice and Human Rights in Brazil that details the ways that international pension fund investments, particularly American pension funds, are involved in fueling deforestation in Brazil through the pushing of the expansion of agribusiness and the monocropping of soy in areas of the Amazon and Sahado. The interview offers a wave of important insights on the ways that environmentally destructive policies in Brazil are not simply occurring in a local context of the extreme right government of Bolsonaro, but are connected to an international infrastructure of financial investment that is pushing such environmentally destructive policies in Brazil. Here is my conversation with Jeff Conat of Friends of the Earth. So I think um, just on a basic level, can you first just introduce yourself and uh, share a bit about the organization that you work with? We'll get into the report afterwards. Sounds good. Um, my name is Jeff Conant. I uh, direct the International Forests Program with Friends of the Earth, United States. Uh, Friends of the Earth is uh, one of the long-standing environmental and social justice groups, you know, in the U.S., um, and we are the U.S. Uh, branch of Friends of the Earth International, which has groups in 75 countries around the world. Uh, we work on, you know, pretty much every aspect of environmental advocacy issues ranging from climate to fisheries to forests to uh, to agriculture. Um, and um, my work, is, uh, in essence, is uh, is focused on tropical deforestation, um, meaning uh, essentially the ways in which the um, the forests that surround the tropics, from Africa to Latin America to Asia, are being categorically wiped out largely by the expansion of agribusiness plantations, um, and uh, the leading drivers of that deforestation tend to be industries like palm oil, soy, cattle, uh, timber, paper, and rubber. And a big piece of what we do is follow the money and find out who are the uh, U.S. financiers of the corporations, whether they be U.S. corporations or, uh, you know, multinationals based in other countries uh, that are responsible for wiping out forests and for all of the associated human rights abuses. Um, and we campaign to get those financiers to um, either adopt better practices or or get out. So I think what I really appreciate about this recent report on Brazil is that um, we need sometimes to zero in and understand the mechanisms of the ways that global finance capital is involved in deforestation. Uh, the work with Friends of the Earth that you've outlined, you know, there's a huge scope of, of campaigns and, you know, your work particularly on deforestation. I think it's really important for people to understand the specifics and also sort of locate the ways in which deforestation happens through a series of investments. Um, not random decision-making, but a process. So 
maybe you could just sort of detail your work in this regard uh, specifically about deforestation in Brazil. Yeah, it's it's it gets quite complicated. So let's see how you know how step by step. And I think it'd be interesting to sort of unpack the, the, the layers slowly for people to sort of get a picture, because I know that you put a lot of time and effort and research into actually illustrating all those steps. Yeah, um, let's try to do that. And maybe I'll start in this case by locating us in the geography um, that we're talking about first, and then we can sort of pan out to uh, how that geography is being essentially destroyed by financial actors. Um, Great. The the recent report that you're referring to, uh, we've actually done two reports uh, together with our, our Brazilian partners, the Hedge Social de Direitos Humanos and e Justicia Social, the Brazilian Network for Human Rights and Social Justice. They researched and wrote um, two reports, which Friends of the Earth U.S. has just published. The one in question here really is called Red-Handed Deforestation and Bungie's Silent Conquest, how land grabbers and soy speculators enable the destruction of Brazil's Cerrado. Um, Cerrado, it's spelled Cerrado, but in the Brazilian Portuguese we say Cerrado, um, is a vast tropical savanna in the north-northeast of Brazil. It's not the Amazon, but it's the sort of other major biome in Brazil that uh, whose waters feed into the Amazon. Um, and in some ways it's analogous to the, um, the high plains or the Midwest in, in the U.S., where it's a vast, largely uh, flat uh, expanse of land that lends itself really well to the expansion of industrial agriculture, um, as we've seen in you know the, the history of the U.S. and Canada. Um, the difference being that the Cerrado in Brazil is still populated by you know, indigenous populations and rural peasant farmers, uh, including quilambolos, which is the Brazilian Portuguese word for Afro-Brazilian people. So we're talking about a vast landscape with tremendous biodiversity and tremendous cultural uh, riches and cultural diversity um, and a lot of people who make their living, you know, and their livelihoods from the land. Um, Over the last several decades, uh, this area, the Cerrado in Brazil, has sort of has become ground zero for the expansion of the soy industry in in Brazil. Um, when we talk about soy, I like to point out that we're not necessarily talking about your tofu pups. We're talking about uh, a commodity crop that is mostly grown. About ninety percent, eighty to ninety percent of the soy grown in this region is grown f- as livestock feed. So we're actually talking about the industrial livestock chain. This is soy that's grown to feed pigs and cattle. Um, and um, the some of the key uh, corporations that are involved in this are U.S. corporations. Um, familiar names like Bungie. Well, that's not a familiar name. Familiar names like Archer Daniels Midland. I think folks know that company. Uh, Cargill and uh, Bungie and Louis Dreyfus. We call these the ABCs of deforestation. A for Archer Daniels Midland, B for Bungie, C for Cargill, D for Dreyfus. These are some of the largest um, grain traders in the world. And these are corporations, U.S.-based companies that are operating in Sahado and Brazil. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, so the and these companies, uh, they both own, uh, they buy and own land in Brazil, which they clear of native vegetation and convert 
to massive soy monoculture plantations. And they also purchase uh, quite a lot of soy from third-party suppliers. So it's not only their own plantations, but they're buying soy from every, you know, from, from all of the producers in the region. And in the case of this report, and in the, uh, we're talking about um, Bungie, B-U-N-G-E, uh, St. Louis-based uh, company out of the U.S., which has a, a monopoly on soy sales out of Piauí State. That's where our partners in Brazil have been focusing their research, Piauí State, in the Cerrado in Brazil. Bungie uh, owns or controls 90% of the soy there, um, meaning they both own you know, vast plantations themselves. And if another company is growing soy, it inevitably gets sold into Bungie's supply chain. Uh, so that's one of the set of actors uh, that we're talking about is these multinational companies. Um, but then there's another very interesting dynamic in the region, um, which brings in, um, and well, I'll get to some of the financial levers that we use to get to those big grain traders. But there's another set of financial actors, which is uh, real estate companies and land speculators, um, which are in the region, um, maybe Ten or more years ago, uh, TIAA, which is a large uh, U.S. pension fund manager, um, basically pioneered a model of investment that involves uh, buying up farmland. In 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 uh, investment terms, it's called it's part of the real assets class. Real assets meaning actual stuff, the real you know uh, infrastructure. And so TIA has pioneered a model of buying farmland as an investment vehicle. And then in many cases, they will lease that farmland to agribusiness companies. And in that sense, they're able to reap profits both off of the uh, rising price of land because they can buy it and then accumulate the, the profits from, you know, the rent from holding onto the land over time. And uh, they also get profits from the production from from the land, from the soy production. And TIAA um, owns tens of thousands of hectares of land in the Cejado. Another entity that we see there is the Harvard Investment Corporation, uh, which has in, invested Harvard's money in quite a lot of farmland in the Cejado. And there are a number of other financial actors as well. So you begin to see this um, sort of complicated web where a financial actor like TIAA will buy farmland, lease it, well, will buy forest, well, forested, previously forested, now farmland, I should say, um, and then will lease it to uh, Bungie or to a Brazilian uh, soy company, uh, SLC Agricola is a big one, and um, then that company will produce the soy and export it often to China. Um, the U.S. doesn't buy a lot of soy from the region uh, because the U.S. grows plenty of soy, you know, in the in the U.S. Midwest. So in a lot of ways, the profit model here is based on speculation around land prices and access to land and the commodification of territory in the Sojado of Brazil and pushing that territory towards commodity production. I think in the narratives of like popular political culture in terms of understanding deforestation, both in Cejado, but also in the Amazon in Brazil, especially in the context of Bolsonaro government. I realize that a lot of the mechanisms that you're describing began not under Bolsonaro, 
Um, of course, there's the questions of state government power too. The point being that, you know, you talked about following the money. And I just want to sort of underline your work in this regard, uh, Jeff. If you could just talk about why it's important to sort of trace a web of complicity around deforestation. And you mentioned pension fund investment, and I've, I've um, featured this issue on the program before because I realize that quite a few teachers' unions are invested in that pension fund. Yeah, so could you just talk about why um, that sort of seeing that broader economic picture is important? Um, because in that regard, it feels like there's uh, an involvement of American finance capital, hence an involvement of American investments, which locates what's happening in a global sense, not just in this disconnected regional sense. Yeah, that's a great question and a great way to think about it. One, I guess I would go back to what we used to call corporate globalization, right? Um, Where uh, we, I, I think, all too easily um, allow the question of national boundaries and national sovereignty to sort of cloud our understanding of the way finance capital and corporate capital is, you know, is the dominant force in the world today and has been for some time. And so, like you said, you know, the it's very easy to say that the sort of chief agent of the destruction of the Amazon or the Cerrado at this moment is the regime of, of Bolsonaro in Brazil. And of course, uh, the Bolsonaro regime, just like any national government, can say it's none of your business. This is our country. These are our resources. The Amazon, the Cerrado is open for business. These are our decisions. Stay out of it. Um, but you take one step back and you see that you've got you know, a number of U.S. multinationals who are actively profiting off of that destruction. And those multinationals, many of them are financed by um, their shareholders, which include the largest U.S. asset managers, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Fidelity, TIAA, again, holds shares in these companies. And it includes U.S. uh, and Canadian pension funds who hold shares in all of these companies. Um, So how is it that one can say, you know, that's Brazilian land, that's for Brazil to determine, when in fact the actual destruction is being carried out by multinational entities who are financed by other multinational entities, right? This is how profit is, is generated worldwide. Um, and so politically speaking, we may have very few levers sort of uh, in order to drive change, right? As, as Canadian actors, there's not much we can directly do about, you know, what the Bolsonaro regime is doing. But there's quite a lot that we can do about what our own pension funds are doing and what the asset managers that are based in, you know, in New York and Montreal and Chicago are, are doing. Um, and so one of the ways that we've been looking at this is to take the example of Bungie, which we uh, focus on in in the report Red-Handed Deforestation, Bungie's top shareholder, Bungie is a publicly traded company, um, again, controls 90% of the soy trade in the region of Brazil we're talking about. Bungie's top shareholders include um, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and a number of pension funds. So what we've done is hold them responsible, hold the shareholders responsible, and say, you as shareholders, under U.S. law, you uh, have responsibility for the government of the company they own. There are a number of things you can do um, to uh, you know, gate, meet, address the problems, uh, including 
essentially telling the company to stop violating local laws, telling the company to stop violating you know United Nations norms on human rights, indigenous rights, and so forth. Um, and Sifi, a Kilang is largely managed by its board director and the shareholder company flat board directs on a new basis. And we are um, essentially trying to uh, trying to catalyze a trend where shareholders use their shareholder power to vote against the boards of directors of companies that are engaged in egregious human rights abuses and egregious you know, climate crimes and are not uh, taking the steps that they often publicly say they are taking uh, to address the climate emergency. There was a lot there. I don't know. If, uh... No, that's that's really great. And this last point, I think, is so important because we do see a shift in discourse from agricultural companies, but also even pension fund investments around sustainability. A lot of these uh, buzzwords are used. Uh, green investment, sustainability, equity. Uh, and I think that it's really interesting, and you mentioned the anti-corporate globalization movement, which was the context in which I was politicized. Um, I feel like there's a discourse win that has happened in terms of like a, a mainstreaming of a lot of that language. But the financial um, systems that are implementing the sort of systemic violence, whether it's on the environmental level or the displacement of peasant and indigenous communities in Sahado, Brazil, that you've talked about, Jeff, um, that connection between the discourse and the financial levers of power that actually are carrying out these injustices is not often made. So people are performing a certain discourse, even corporations or banks, um, you know, and I really appreciate the very specific nature of this report that Friends of the Earth has published in partnership with um, your Brazilian uh, collaborators because I think it shows a very tangible and specific example. So could you talk a bit about this report in relation to that disconnect and discourse between sort of a good talk where we see financial action and investments worlds away from the discourse yeah um let's see so in the case of bungie i mean there's been a, a movement over the last number of years uh, a pretty strong uh, global civil society movement led by uh, you know a number of ngos to hold the big grain traders and other major you know agribusiness uh, firms accountable for driving global deforestation and there have been lots of public campaigns targeting a company like Bungie that have essentially forced the company to make a commitment to end deforestation in its supply chains by X year and in uh, at this point and and that X year I say it that way because it keeps changing depending on to my perspective depending on how much pressure we put on the company um, a few years ago Bungie had said they would get deforestation out of their supply chains by 2030 um, now we've managed to get them to commit to getting deforestation out of their supply chains by 2025 all of that I think is very interesting because you would think that one of the largest multinational companies in the world would be able to actually know where it's sourcing all of its materials and stop this kind of egregious behavior today, tomorrow, right? They say, no, we have a very complex web of suppliers we need until 2030 or 2025 to, you know, to, to end this problem. And so 
in uh, last year, 2021, a number of shareholders got together, a number of Bungie's shareholders, the more progressive ones. When we talk about shareholders, it's quite a spectrum, right? You, you have some investment firms who are actually truly, in, in my view, socially responsible, who, you know, who are really trying to drive sustainability into, into the markets. And then you have the rest of them who are just there to extract profit uh, at any cost. Um, in any case, in 2021, uh, a shareholder resolution was filed at Bungie that, uh, by some progressive shareholders that asked the company to increase the scale, pace, and rigor of uh, its approach to dealing with deforestation in its supply chains. And um, Friends of the Earth, Global Witness, a number of other um, environmental NGOs got together and basically ran a campaign to pressure all of the other shareholders in Bungie to vote in favor of that resolution. Um, a shareholder resolution is really small step, sometimes a comedic step, um, you know, in changing corporate behavior. In fact, legally, it can't be used to do anything, you know, sort of systemic or structural, but it provides a really um, interesting opportunity to public campaign for the platform. Um, and so in this case, we ran a campaign to support shareholder resolution, which ended up um, winning night, was pretty interesting. Um, we can go into the reasons for that, but that may be a little, you know, into the weeds. Um, in any case, a shareholder resolution that passes by 98% gives Bungie the message that they really need to do something about this problem because their shareholders are demanding it. Um, the company issued a report, a couple of press statements, you know, making a case that they are making improvements. But when we analyzed that, we found that they hadn't actually changed anything whatsoever in response to the shareholder resolution. Um, and all, you know, all of their sort of processes continue apace. Um, they did a lot of work to convince uh, their shareholders that 2025 is the soonest that you know time frame by which they could get their suppliers to stop uh, deforestation. But what we've done is look at you know the actual mechanism that can, the, the steps can take. Do and we think they can do it and need to do it a lot sooner. And one of the things that's urgent right now is and that we show in this new report and that we're educating shareholders about is you know even as Bunny said it as a leading bit in the industry because twenty twenty five is the soy that they can lead deforestation can go in higher. Was it, there was a, a tremendous effort um, to the consumer goods forum which is a consortium of 400 plus of the world's largest companies, made a commitment in 2010 to eliminate deforestation in global supply chains by 2020. In 2020, they hadn't done it. And so then the race was on to say, well, we'll do it by 2025. Well, any, I, I raise this just to say the whole discourse is, is rather absurd because we see how they just keep kicking the can down the road. In any case, at this point, uh, Bungie says they'll eliminate deforestation by 2025 in their own supply chains, what we're seeing is a massive uptick in deforestation in that region. In the Cerrado. In the Cerrado, in Brazil, um, which we believe is driven by the fact that Bungie has given itself three years to, you know, to continue enabling deforestation before it has to say no more. In other words, if you are a, um, if you are a local landowner or agribusiness company um, or real, yeah, real estate owner in the Cejado, you've just been given a message that if you want to develop your land into a soy plantation, 
Um, you have forested land, you know, land with natural vegetation on it. Maybe you even own land that has some communities who claim that they own the land because that's a major issue there. Um, you essentially have three years to get those communities off your land, deforest all of that land, convert it to soy plantations, and sell that soy to Bungie because after 2025, you won't be able to do that anymore, if that's sense. So this is the dynamic that I think we're seeing right now, which is kind of what indicated this report, is to say, hey, shareholders in Bungie, you may think that you hold shares in a company that's got a progressive commitment, but you need to be looking very closely at what they're doing over the next three years in the Sejado because while they not, may not, Bungie may not be the ones, you know, wielding the chainsaws and driving the tractors, they've created the sort of um, economic incentive for local landholders to destroy as much forest as possible in these next three years. And let's see if they actually meet their commitment by 2025 because history shows that 2025 will arrive and Bungie will say, we did everything in our power, but we were not able to meet that commitment. So we'll be able to do it by 2030 because there's no laws, there's no regulations that are actually making it mandatory. It's simply market pressure, um, you know, that, that is requiring the company to meet this commitment. Thanks so much for sharing all of this. Uh, for people to learn more of the details of your recent report, Friends of the Earth has published it on your website? Yeah, um, you would find it at uh, foe.org slash issues slash forests. Um, you find all of our work on forests on that page. This report, again, is called Red-Handed Deforestation and Bungie's Silent Conquest. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for the, uh, the pleasure of, of being on your show. That was a conversation with Jeff Conant from Friends of the Earth, which has recently co-authored a report with the Network for Social Justice and Human Rights in Brazil that details the ways that international pension fund investments, particularly American pension funds, are involved in fueling deforestation in Brazil through the pushing of the expansion of agribusiness and the monocropping of soy in areas of the Amazon and Sojado. Thank you to Jeff for being on the show and also to Maria Luisa Mendoza for helping facilitate this interview. Music on the program today is by the Brazilian group Alafia. Pelas nossas contas, pelo nosso toque, nosso fio desencapou. E você não escapa do choque, com a nossa rapa você não é capaz. Com a nossa rapa você não é capaz. Nós estamos além desse mapa, não cabemos na tua ampulheta.
sobe a luz do sol Nós nos espelhamos no prata da lua Despicaremos passando o E a luta continua Com a nossa rapa você não é capaz Pelos becos 